Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. So perhaps the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Welcome to today's Highlights of 2021. This episode is going to be the last one whereby we're bringing you a whole lot of our guests and the highlights that they have shared with us throughout the interviews of 2021. And so from today's episode, we're going to actually have two guests here, and one is from episode 242, Filippo Levy. He has uh, written a book, and it's just coming out now and being released, called Tackle Your Success. And from episode 243, Emily Ranson, Leaders Grow or Die. That's an interesting statement, an interesting episode title. So listeners, relax and enjoy the highlights. Filippo has translated these experiences into his new book, which is called Tackle Your Success. And I'm really looking forward to reading that book. So Filippo, a massive welcome to you to this show. Hey, Dennis, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome to be here and uh, you know to be invited on your, on your podcast. So yeah, really looking forward to our chat today. Awesome. So what was it like facing the haka? And for our listeners who don't understand that, the haka is more of a challenge for people and they tend to do that in front of their opposition. So, Felipe, what was it like to face the, the New Zealand All Blacks? It is scary. You're facing one of the best teams in the world, You know, a team that has a 90% winning ratio, probably one of the top two or three teams globally. And facing them with a team of mainly players from the Pacific Islands, from Samoa itself, was really challenging because he had many of our professional players who couldn't face them. So I had to you know, be really, um, you know, be really sort of vulnerable and to actually accept the challenge to face the best in the world. So when you're facing, it's like facing your, you know, it's, like, it's like your worst nightmare, but they're right in front of you. So it is scary, it's fearful, but you have to be vulnerable, but you have to lead at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, of course, respecting it as well. And I know that from a Mana Samoa team, you also did one back as well, didn't you? As a hacker, I don't know what you sure, sure what you called it, but did you do one also back to them? Yeah, we did. It's part of. I guess it's uh, being Polynesian as Maori Polynesian too. We have a hacker itself. It's called uh, the Sivatau. 
So the severed tail is very similar, but we've, uh, well, it's, it's, it's in Samoan language with different actions. So out of respect, we, we face them by challenging with our own haka called the severed tail. Yeah, cool. Hey, listeners, I've already seen the cover of the new book that Filippo has created. It's called Tackle Your Success. Filippo, congratulations on on doing this book. I'm really excited for you to see it coming out and taking your experiences and your knowledge and your insights and putting it into a book. Tell us a little bit about the book. What's it, what's it about? The whole book, the whole premise is to help athletes after after sports, helping them with a new life after sports. So it's giving professional athletes tools to understand what happens next. As a former athlete for 13 years of professional uh, rugby, I found it really challenging mentally going from, you know, from a sport that I love and I'm passionate about that, you know, I got, I got paid, you know, really good money and I was really, you know, very um, grateful and uh, to be in that position, very privileged at the same time, but also working hard to be there. So when you stop all of a sudden in your early 30s, that's it. You've actually retired. You, you're not 65 or 70. You have another 30, 40 years of work to do. So, so the book is pretty much the, the steps and I use tackle as an acronym to, to, to take them through my stories, but also through a lot of some questions in terms of, you know, how to, how to go from here to there. So it's a more, more of a how to book, but with a lot of stories sort of intermixed in, into the, into, uh, into the chapters. Yeah. Tremendous. Oh, that's going to be very exciting to, to see that come through. Now, when you talked about the transition, I'm sure it's also the same for a lot of people who have been, as an example, some of our listeners may have been in the corporate world and now all of a sudden they want to go and start their business. There's all sorts of different scenarios. But I think is it more about them as professional athletes reinventing themselves into another sort of career, into another thing that they might want to go and step into? Is, is that how that you would say it? It is. It's a, you have to reinvent yourself. You need to leave one life and then move into the next yeah, it's almost your mourning. It is you are mourning a life that you that that you have to leave behind. And many people get stuck in in, that, in a thinking of the past where they have to move forward. If they move forward, then they're always going to be that oh that person that played rugby, that person that played basketball, that person that played football, that person that played golf. And you have to move ahead. But also that doesn't mean that you stay. That doesn't mean that you leave sport altogether. Quite a few players do actually go coach. Let's say rugby. So we have quite a yeah. few former players, so who will stay in the same industry, and actually it's aligned to whatever their goals have had, to their values, and they've just moved on. So yeah, it is it is mourning one career, but then moving hot, uh, moving ahead, but with a plan. Yeah, it's interesting because the the opening of the show, I mentioned that many leaders are not changing quick enough, and I think it's leaders, organisations, they're not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. And I think this is just a, a prime example of what you're sharing there with individuals from a from a from a professional athlete perspective. And I think it's massive. I think it's huge what you're doing there. So awesome, Filippo. How did you get into leadership? I guess I'd say it was a it was a natural progression. I guess I've always been told to speak in front of people where I didn't want to speak. So it was almost like, okay, you're, you're speaking. When do I speak? You're speaking tomorrow in front of who? <laughs> uh, so I guess it started from home, from, you know, being speaking in front of, say, church and Samoan culture where we were sort of, I'm not sure if it's forced, <laughs> but, uh, but, but you gotta, you know, you have to listen to mum. Cause if you don't listen to mum, then, you know, you know, you, uh, you know, you're just part of, part of, uh, you know, you got to respect your mum and, and your parents. So, you know, she tells you what to do. Then you jump and you say, how high? <laughs> so, so I guess it's sort of progressed from that into sports and, uh, and then going into cup rugby after, after high school, being asked to speak. Man, look, I was nervous first time I spoke around 2021 in front of corporates. I was like, oh my goodness me. You know, I had a lot of arms, 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 and oh, I don't know. So it didn't have much structure. So, but I guess through leadership, uh, more leadership is for me was through the actions, what I did on the sports field. 
So a lot of my actions were in terms of sports. I always wanted to be the the, the best tackler, the the best defender in the team. I wanted to to so called protect protect my uh, you know my, my teammates from from the from the opposition. So I always had that sort of uh, protector sort of mentality to to be the one to be there for for people to to help them and you know make sure that they're okay. Yeah, that's very good. And I can see that you, knowing you as well and watching you, you're very much that servant wanting to help people around the servant leadership and and helping them be the best that they can be too. And when you were actually playing the professional sports and doing so, what was one or two things you would do? Because you talked about before about it's our morning, right? It's that's what we do and that. What was one or two things that would set you up for success in your day as a professional athlete or in a game? What was one or two things that would set you up for success? Probably the biggest thing is the is the the mental preparation. So we talk about a lot of the mental pre- uh, preparation for sports athletes. It starts with the individual. So making sure when we when we come to the Monday after a game, we're able to to look at the game and get feedback. Make sure you get feedback straight away. In sports, it's very it's quite brutal. You can get really brutal uh, feedback. And I know a friend of mine, Fido Tieta, mentioned the former All Black scrum coach Mike Cron said there were three sort of three sort of versions of feedback for rugby players. The first one was a five star feedback. But the five-star feedback is when you, you you see a player, you film them, and you show them straight away what they did, and show them what, what how they can improve straight away. That's five-star. So you're, you're you're showing them in the video, they look at it, and they understand what's happening, and you move on. A, a, a three-star is you wait after training, and you show them. They pro- they probably oh, okay, yeah, they probably forgotten the wee bit. Okay, so you you move on. A one-star feedback is when you wait a week. By then, the the, the player or the person's totally forgotten what, you, what, you, what what happened on the training day and say, okay, yeah, whatever. So you've, you've lost that sort of engagement. You, you've, you've, you've lost that opportunity to engage them, to get them to grow at 1%. So Mondays are, are, are feedback situations and, and it carries on during the week. So so you're, you're preparing mentally, but you're also getting that feedback so then you can go into the game ready to play. Yep, cool. So you're, you're sitting the week up for that one game to play. When I say that one game, the game to play. So you're sitting the week up, you're getting feedback, you're doing things, trying things, practicing things, redoing it, more feedback and so forth in the moment. And then you're preparing to go live on game day. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Now, your name, Filippo, how did you get to the name Filippo? How did your parents get to that name? It's my uh, it's my grandfather's uh, name. So it's my mum's dad. His name, yep. and I guess Filippo is a transliteration of uh, the English word Philip. So I guess when you look back into the history of the Pacific Islands, uh, when the missionaries came from from Scotland and around England, uh, you know they came to uh, the Pacific Islands around the uh, around the early eighteen eighteen hundreds. They they actually you know took our language and they translated it into English, um, and also sorry, and they 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 put uh, put a language onto Samoan language, put into Bible, and then and from the Bible there were names like Philip, you know the the uh, disciples. So I guess that comes it comes from from the Bible, but it comes from the translation from the from the missionaries. So so if you look at the Italians, there's a Filippo there, there's a Filippi, there's a so a lot of a lot of there's a lot of similarities, but the but Filippo just means uh, Philip. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. And because I think I think in French, I think it's Philippe. EOS implementer. What do we mean by that? Yes, great question. You know, as I was running a business, I was really struggling with how to create a vision and alignment with my team about where we wanted to go and how we wanted to get there. And luckily at that time, I just happened upon the book by Gino Wickman called Traction. If your listeners have not heard of it, I highly recommend picking that up. And it's a great place to start. So EOS is basically a way of 
harmonizing and orchestrating all the moving parts of your business. So it's a way, it's an execution model. It's a way of running your business more effectively and efficiently so that you can really focus on leaving that to the science in the background. So you can really focus on the artistry of what you love to do and are best at. And I liken it to kind of like your, your cell phone. Like you've got an iOS on your cell phone that kind of runs in the background. So you can do all this crazy stuff with your cell phone. Now, the same thing's true. EOS, once you get these tools and disciplines primed and working for you, it's a system of execution that runs in the background. So you don't have to think about it. You can really think about the strategy of your business, about where you want to go and how you're going to get there. So I'm actually not only the, we call ourselves implementers instead of coaches or advisors, because really it's about implementing the set of tools and principles into a business. That said, I've also been an EOS client. So, you know, I've sat on both sides of the table and I'll tell you, it's, it's an incredibly rewarding journey on both a business front and a personal front for leadership. Looking forward to digging into that conversation with you. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And um, I love it. So iOS is around for the iPhones and things like that. And, right. and Yeah, so EOS, is that entrepreneur's operating system? Oh, you're so good. You are so good. It is. It's the entrepreneurial operating system. You got it. Awesome. I, I don't know. I don't know if you just intuitively you know. That's amazing, Dennis. Yes, yeah, so I thought, oh, wow, which one is Brilliant. it? Okay. Yeah, cool. So um, I really love what you've just shared there too, because I think the implement versus the, the terminology coach, it's a bit like becoming a goal setter. People go, oh, should I set goals? I said, no, let's talk about being a goal achiever. And they're like, oh, that's because it's a totally different mindset, right? We're going to go out there and achieve goals because people can set goals. That's all good. People can actually have an operating or do things in business. But I think I love what you say there in the sense of it's actually helping them do what they do in the background so then they can get on with their artistry. And it is an art and what a lot of people do, right? So I think it's important. Well, the difference is there's a place for coaches and advisors. There's a Mm. place for that. I'm not saying that there's not. What I'm saying is if I'm telling people what to do, that's creating dependency for them to need to need me. And my job is to lessen that dependency and to teach them to be what I jokingly call Jedi masters, right? I want them to be leaders. I want them to be seen by their team as leaders. And if I'm the one that's the answer person, they're going to be constantly feeling dependent on me for that. Whereas if I empower them through this learning of the dynamic around leadership, that they've got the answers in themselves, right? It's just a good facilitator or implementer that pulls them out. Yep. Just pulls those answers out. So that's the difference. And I think that's what leadership's about is, is actually it's it not is. to give them the fish. It's actually to teach them to fish. Yes, you got it. Yep. Yep. 100%. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's right. And, and listeners, um, I think that uh, leaders aren't doing this enough. And there's actually an episode I did recently, Emily, which is called, because I do two interviews a week and I'm also then doing a freestyle version and it's called the Ask Dennis episode. And it's about the actual title of that episode is actually Ask, Don't Tell. Mm-hmm. And it's about asking them questions to bring out what you just said and facilitate that rather than saying, hey, here's the answer. 100% agree. It's something that we we teach as a part of this experience. The question to statement ratio when you're working with your people mm. should always be a minimum of two or three to one that you're asking more questions than you're talking, right? Yep. So you're, the fact that you get that right out the outset here is is huge. Yeah. Sometimes we get yep. a little bit of a clue in life. You've got two ears and one mouth. Hello. It might help, you know, to understand we need to listen more. But I, I don't think it's just listening. It's actually really being present and listening to what people are saying and, in fact, sometimes listening to what they're not saying. That is critical. So I learned this early in my leadership journey that I was not a good listener. 
if mm. I'm being completely honest, you know, I would think two steps ahead about what people were saying. And what did it for me was Stephen Covey's seek first to understand. Nice. Then be understood because it's not a, just about listening. Mm. That's passive. You've got to actively be mining for understanding and then coming together for really what that means in terms of mutual value agreement. Yep. And that's the difference between leading and managing, right? Managers will just tell you, right? The expectation leaders create an opening for the, the person that they're working with to come in and join them. And then they get to have their hands in the clay where they feel like they're actually taking ownership, right? That creates an opportunity for empowerment that changes the discipline of accountability from, from the leader having to own holding someone accountable, which is frankly a misnomer to then putting that, that sense of accountability really on the other person mm. and them wanting to hold themselves accountable. Yep. So this dynamic shift that you're talking about is really powerful. And once I got that, wow, I saw the performance of my my team go go 10x. Awesome. I want to ask the question very soon about how did you get into leadership? But before we go there, sure. I want to just ask you about the book that you've you've authored, which is around Growth Junkies Unite. Tell us a little bit more about that. Thank you, Dennis. For for all of us, you know, there's periods of evolution and revolution. And, you know, the growth doesn't happen in a straight line. We talk about that with, with kids, you know, they have growing pains. We all go through that. And I was going through one myself. And it was really a time of re regeneration for me. And so this book was really foundational for me being able to pull from what I knew intrinsically, like it was all here internally, like, yep. I just needed to pull it back out again. And then in the course of realizing that, sharing it with others, that we all go through this part where we need an invigoration to our learning journey. And in my mind, you're you're either one end of the stick or the other. You're either growing or dying. And I'd rather be at the growth end of that stick, right? And so for me, this was a chance to really share, you know, the, the tips, tricks, tools. So it's kind of taking this distilled view, like a reader's digest view of all the business acumen and tools and, and things like that and distilling it down to a few simple nuggets that can help people with reinvigorating their, their growth journey. And the reason why I call it Growth Junkies Unite is that, you know, again, there's there's a tribe of us out there, you know, that, that really sincerely love this part of humanity, that we're here on this planet to help each other. And with EOS, one of our core values is help first. And so literally that's what this book is. It's my gift. If towards the end, you know, I'll give you the, the VIP code and those sorts of things, but there's a th free toolkit in there. There's, it's packed with lots of great nuggets. And again, it's, it's one of those things that, that is kind of meant to be something that helps someone else get unstuck, right? Feeling like they're, they're trapped because that feeling can really suck you in and pull you in. And this is meant to be one of those catalyst things that can unlock that for you. And I think the pandemic has actually made people feel like they're locked. They feel yes. like they're stuck. And we're now starting to see people trying to get out of that and do other things in life, and which well, is pretty great, cool to see. Great resignation. You know, people yep. are like, I'm not going to stay stuck. You know, no. they're taking ownership of that. I think it's a good thing. Yes. You know, it's also challenging as a, a business leader, right? <laughs> Well, it, it is, and it's a different mindset, and, and I'm, I'm seeing it's quite interesting because I'm working coaching quite a few coming out of the corporate world into their own businesses, and they're going into their entrepreneur. They were already entrepreneurs in, within the organization, so they had that, that want and that hunger for it, but it's never packaged in a way that they were expecting it or doesn't come always the way that they were thinking it would work, and it's like what you're saying with the growing pains, right, with the, with the kids and so forth. It's the same thing. 
and, and we will focus that. But you know what? Just to jazz it up a little bit more and give it a little bit more excitement, let's throw in COVID as well just to see how you stand up to it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like we needed a new challenge, right? Yeah. One where there was no handbook, there no rule book. No. You know, no one to script this for us. No, no, no predetermined, like, here's how you're going to get through this. And yes. yeah, that's right, Dennis. I'm, I'm with you. That's very cool. Wow, listeners, I had some really great time interviewing both Filippo and Emily. Filippo, of course, is in episode 242 and Emily in 243. You know what? If you haven't already checked out the book, Tackle Your Success, go ahead and find that out and look at the show notes from that episode as we talk about things. And I just know that Filippo's done some wonderful things as being a captain of an international rugby team and then what he's doing and sharing his experiences, his war stories, his, his thoughts around leadership and so forth. So go and check out that book, Tackle your success. So listeners, we've been bringing you this, this series of highlights for 2021 from the Leadership is Changing podcast. Trust that you've really enjoyed these episodes and thanks for sending those messages through to say how much you are getting from these episodes and reminding you of different snippets around the different episodes that we've done and the interviews we've done with our guests from around the globe. So very soon, we're going to get back into the sharing of you with some new interviews. And uh, we've got some wonderful guests lined up as well for you. And if you're enjoying this podcast, and you're really wanting to share a review and a rating for us, if you're on an Apple, we would love you to do that, because that's going to really help the visibility, the impact of the podcast. And it's going to actually help a lot more leaders around their voice of impact and help them with leadership and change. If you're on Spotify, you can actually put a ranking or rating as well. So we'd love to see that there if you're listening to this on Spotify. But it's been a real pleasure bringing these highlights of 2021 to you. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them. Have a listen. Put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, and your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show, or if there's a question you have for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, then send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.